Yo, what, is this your own podcast on Justin? Yeah, this is my podcast. Okay, bet that. Yeah, bro. And I'm going to tell you why I have you on here. I'm glad you asked that question. I called it yeah. Urban Legends because, you know what I'm saying, I wanted to do this podcast for two years, but I was so busy filming that I had no time to do it. Then COVID happened. I was like, I finally got time to do this. Um, right. It's called Urban Legends because I wanted to have a conversation with people I consider are living legends and people I oh, feel man. like alleged people making legendary moves in their career, bro. And yeah. somebody that I, I feel like fit that mold, man. You always been a, a solid dude with me anytime I, I come across you, bro. And yeah, so man. I got to hit up Omar for this. But I appreciate that, Justin. Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. Yeah. You know, I'm proud of you, dude. Oh, man, I, pre I appreciate that, bro. So this, this, I got a lot of questions for you, bro, because first of all, I got to say your credits. I'm going to say your credits, uh, first of all. Queen Sugar, the Hollywood, I mean, Halloween films, like Hollywood, Halloween, Hall Halloween, I can't talk, I'm excited. <laughs> Harriet, Selma, Django and Chain, Ray Donovan, Eastbound and Down, Rizzoli and Isles, The Blind Side, Road Trip, Drumline, Juana Man, A-King, can you, can you leave some roles open for some of us? <laughs> no, 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 I got I all that work. Hey, listen, man, you know, it's so crazy because when I was starting, I was in my 20s. I couldn't get no work, right? My early 20s. So I said, once I started, I'm about to pull this Sam Jackson on their ass. I'm about, to take, I'm about to get all of it, man. Straight. That's what I was that's what I saw. I looking at it like that, man. Dude, hey man, and I want I wanted to talk about that because that was one of my questions. What was your audition? Like, what was the struggle that you was going through in your 20s prior to when everything started to pick up for you? You know, man, I was just a uh, theater actor, so I know I was doing way too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I was, <laughs> oh, okay. I had to learn how to act for the camera. Um, but when it started, uh, one thing about it, man, it was like a lot of the roles that they were offering to me. I, I didn't want to be playing too many gangsters. I remember my, my, um, my ex-wife used to always say, man, you need to play something that you'll be proud of. And because she seen me come home after playing, I'll shoot them up or something. And she was like, yo, I can see it on you. This ain't really what you want to do. You need to, uh, you know, be a little bit more uh, uh, direct about what you want. And when I started, you know, pushing my life into that way and pushing my energy toward that way, then things just started opening up, man. That's amazing, bro. So she gave you that great advice and then you divorced her. That's what happened. She left me that, man. You're like, <laughs> she, cha she changed my life. Oh, my bad. What'd you say? Cause she wanted to be married, no actor. <laughs> oh, okay, man. It's too unsteady, bro. No, she's a good ass woman, though, man. Straight up. Hey, yeah. man. Shout out to that, bro. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. How do you deal with? Cause I was gonna ask, was there ever a time in your career where you felt like you was being typecast? Yeah, it was. Um, early, and then, then it wasn't. And then I did Ray Donovan, and I played like the biggest bully on the block, and I had a ball doing it. But at the same time, I was doing Selma. So I was playing on you know, half the week I was doing Civil Rights Leader. The other half, I was playing a maniacal, uh, a homicidal maniac. You know, so uh, so after Ray Donovan came out, and I got so much publicity and so much pub for that, every role that I got offered was was that gangster. But I had enough bread saved up where I was like, man, I ain't going to worry about doing that, man. I'm going to do what I need to do and figure it out. The, the next thing. So I think I did a movie that I played a humble fisherman in the Bahamas. And when that's when Ava called me and asked me to do Queen Sugar. So I, you know, I just you know everything worked out for the best. Man, I wanted to talk to you about, I'm gonna talk to you about Selma also, uh, but Ray Donovan. So I just started watching it during quarantine, right? Yeah. I, I've been wanting to watch that show for a long time and I never watched it. And I'm watching it and then you popped up. What, what season, like season two? Season two, yep. Season two, that's how you know I've been watching it recently. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
So you popped up season two. I was like, oh, shit, it's Omar. And then, bro, you killed it, bro. Killed, that, bro. killed the role, man. I want to know how did that role come about? Like, what was the audition? Was it an audition? Did was it? Offer? Yeah, it was. It was an audition. Uh, I put. I sent the video in. Uh, you know, and I and I think the producers called me, but they wanted a rapper. I know they wanted a rapper to play that role. I think they wanted Rick Ross to actually play that role. Okay. And I, I think it just didn't work out. So they were like, "Yo, you know, we you know, could we, do you mind doing that?" And at that point, I was I I, I really didn't watch Ray Donovan until I auditioned for it. Now I didn't watch season one. So when I watched season one, I was amazed. I said, this writing is tremendous, man. Leah Schreiber is a, is, is a king, you know, and John Voight and, and Pooch and all the Pooch is already my homie anyway. So I was like, yo, I would love to, yeah, yeah I want to do this. Hey, shout out to Pooch. I'm trying to get him on the show. Yeah. I call his old crazy ass, man. Hey, hey call, <laughs> hey, hit him up, man. Let him know you did it today, man. Uh, but, I let him know, show uh, nothing, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. But anyways, I'm listening. Yeah, so then uh, when I got the role, I was, I was really, I, I was so excited, gay man. I thought it was gonna be for like a couple of episodes. It ended up being the villain for the whole season. I didn't know, I knew it was supposed to be a couple of episodes possible, you know, for the long haul. And it ended up being for, you know, they know, they just don't want to pay your ass. Right. So they're like, <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, uh, we gotta talk about that. Regular money, they're like, what do you this cool recurring bread? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you got paid recurring money the whole when season. When I was a series regular, yeah. Right. Like, oh, God. Y'all got one over on you, boy. <laughs> it's all good, man. And we know how but that yes, ended. We know how that yeah, ended. I, I ain't gonna ruin it. Either. I didn't know it was gonna be that much. And then I was talking to uh, one of the uh, show, one of the guys who wasn't the showrunner. He was a, he was a producer on the show, and he was like, "Yo, yo, your car." The first day I was there, he said, your, "Your character arc is gonna go so so wild this whole season." I was like, "Bro, I, thought I was coming in for three episodes." So you know, it it, it popped up like that. That now that, that was it's crazy. That was the like when I used to walk through the airports, people hated me. When I when I was because they was thinking about there and then when I do Queen Sugar now everybody loves me, so it's just you know that's what acting can do you know you, and that's what it's supposed to do it's supposed to move people either way man so that just that was a real testament of of, of how you know an effective character can, can really uh, uh, bring something out of people. Nah, straight up. How how was it working with with Lee, Liv and um and, and that whole cast? How what was your experience like working with them? Because I know <laughs> yeah. this is what I'm gonna say before you answer. Now you can say whatever answer you want to say. I know personally from being on one, I've, I've done two one hour shows. There's always at least one crazy person out of the cast. Yeah. Now, you don't have to say who that person was, but what was your experience being on that show? Because that show in particular seems like there would be at least one person that's, that's a little while out of the, like behind the scenes. I'll tell you this, man, that show, it's a family affair. They treated me like family. Okay. Dash, all of them. Dash, you know, Pooch, John Voight, leave, man, let me and live. You know, we'll text each other. You know, we still text each other now. And it was it was a straight up and down, even when we were going to the Emmys and all of that. You know, we all moved as a crew the whole time. You know, um, yeah, I, 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 I think Queen Sugar feels like that now. But that was the first time I ever felt like that. You know, on a, on, on a television set, it, even Eastbound and Down, we was all wild partying and crazy, you're having a good time, but this felt like real deal family. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the crazy, the, there's, everybody crazy, everybody was, was is nuts. But that, that, that goddamn John Void is special though, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's such a good dude. It, we know what trips me out, is that, you know, I don't know if you know his political views or anything, man, uh -uh. but he's so far right. But man, 
he's just such a good dude. I, we'll have like get togethers, we'll be at Pooch's house or whatever. And he just, he really is pops. He really is there, you know, he's the, he's the OG, take care of everybody. You know, he's a, man, he is a, a, a legendary actor, Midnight sure. Cowboy, all of that type of stuff, man. You just like, dude, this is John Voight right here. You know, like this is Howard Cosell from Ali, you know? Uh, so, but he, he, but, but he, but he, he's on his own thing sometimes, but I, I dig him though, you know? All right, yeah, I knew it was somebody. Uh, so I want to get up. I want to get into you more, man. Uh, what, like, so you you from Atlanta, right? You yes, from, yes, sir. Born and raised. How was it growing? And I went to college in Atlanta right now. I got some places here. Uh, we was filming MacGyver out here for five years. I know. Uh, yeah. How how was it growing up in Atlanta? Um, like back in those, like I don't know, because you grew up in what, like the eighties, early nineties, and eighties and nineties. Yeah. yeah, man, it was special, dude. Like, uh, it's not like that the Atlanta now. You know, it was its own little private jewel. It's a secret, you know. Like, so there's a lot of people coming in from different places, right? You got people coming in from Chicago. You know, families coming in from Chicago. Families coming in from New York. Families coming in from uh, 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 Cali or wherever, or from the islands. Because it was a plant, it was a land of opportunity. You come down to Atlanta, you get your house for 70000 back then, $75,000. Get you a three or four bedroom house in Decatur, in College Park, or wherever you live. And, you, and, and it was a influx of all of that 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 served the honestly the, the artistic creativity of of, of 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 what atlanta became with the music with the uh with, with the acting you're talking about you know myself childish gambino dorian mystic erica ash ronrico lee uh all these different um actors and, and um from these different places Saquon, uh just a lot of different things because we had all these different influences coming in it wasn't like New York, where it's been New York and it's just a generational thing that people have been there since the 1800s or like even uh, Chicago, people came from Mississippi or, or the Delta and they went up to Chicago. They've been there for two or three generations, maybe four. This was like a brand new thing that was going on in Atlanta that created this, this creative space that, that, like I said, it was a gumbo that we all mixed in. So it, it just felt, it felt like a magical place and it's black as hell, as you know. You know, and, and, it's, and, and, and I had a culture shock when I moved to L.A. like 17, 18 years ago, uh, 18 years ago, and it wasn't black. I was like, whoa, what is, wait, when, when the cops will really stop you and just look through your car for no reason? You know, so that, that was a culture shock for me. But like I said, Atlanta's just so black and so successful. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, it's, it's a successful city run by black people. Straight you know? up. And, and that's the thing that 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 I'm of, and that's what I came from, man. You know, that's why you see like a lot of the artists, a lot of the rappers, or even like a lot of the uh, film people. You know, like I know Will Packer isn't from Atlanta, but he does his. You know, he's here. We he's been here for twenty. Me and Will yeah. said he put me in my first two movies. Oh, oh word, okay, there you go. But yep. but he is of like you know he he's of Atlanta, man. Like when I look at him, when I talk to him, whatever. He just feels so Atlanta. We go to you know we go to Falcons games, away games, like with the Super Bowl together, you know. So uh, yeah, man, he's like um, yeah, that's what it is, man. That's what it was growing up. So we had all of these different influences, and that's the reason that the Outcast can, can 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 come out because we was listening to the West Coast and was listening to people um, in New York, and that you know, and we're listening to the Islands or whatever, man. So all of that come together, you get a, a Dungeon Family or Outcast or CeeLo or, you know, a ludicrous or, or anybody, you know, um, 
even a T.I., he's, you know, I know he, he got that Southern draw, but he, he rapped like a New York dude, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, that's the, um, that that's what it was growing up, man. It was just, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful uh, childhood, man. Man, that's fire, bro. Uh, yeah, I love, I came up, I went to college to uh, Clark Atlanta University. Sure and, enough. Uh, we, uh, you and the Clark, did you have um, Kenny Lee? Uh, yeah, uh, Carol Mitchell Lee on? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I didn't have her because I was there for um, mass communication, radio, TV, and film. And she, right. And I know she like, she, didn't she teach uh, theater? She taught theater, yep. yeah. Yeah, so I, I didn't take theater. I went to a performing arts high school, though. Um, okay, I did too. Yeah, yep. okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but when I went to college, I was like, let me get a regular uh, degree. <laughs> Just, yeah, dude, I, I went to school to be a director, man, and a writer. I didn't want anything else to be no actor. Because I went to perform in our high school. I was like, I don't want to be no actor. You know, they were waiting around so much for jobs. I want to create my own stuff. Straight up. Yeah, yeah. But what you what you doing with that? You think you you go mind get into that when it comes to directing? Yeah, man. Well, yeah, definitely. I directed my first film like two or three, like two years ago. Uh, but right now, man, we producing, man. That's what we doing. You know, I work with uh, working with Cheo Coker. You know, you know he's a, uh he's my he's my business partner right now. Uh, he's the he was one of the uh, executive producers of Ray Donovan. He was the showrunner and creator of Luke Cage. Uh, you know, he wrote he wrote uh, Notorious. He wrote. Straight out of cops. He wrote, you know, he's just a dope writer. He's the best music writer, uh, uh, music biopic writer in the game. And, you know, we're working on four films together right now. Uh, you know, working with Avon stuff, working with Paul Garns, one of the executive producers of, uh, of Queen Sugar. You know, we're, we're, so we're, we're doing that right now. We're trying to create jobs and trying to do, tell the stories that I want to tell. Straight up. God damn. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to shoot a script over to you. Come uh, on, bro. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up because that's what I love I was just telling my homeboy Lee before we got on here I was like you know the problem with a lot of actors are they're sitting around waiting for an opportunity you yeah. know and you got to go out and get it in this business you got to go and create those opportunities you got to write you got to produce because if you just sitting around waiting for somebody to, to hire you all day you might be waiting for a long ass time a long time, bro. Yeah, cause ain't nobody begging to your ass. You gotta, you know, you you gotta make yourself indispensable, man. And what I really love about like the uh, uh, Issa and people like that, man, they created a lane for themselves, you know. And then Hollywood will jump on later when they see you have all this fan base, uh, and they'll give you a check, man, you know. But you can't just sit around and just hope, you know. That's one thing that I, uh, the younger, I wish the older Omar could have told the younger Omar, is like, you know, you know, develop your own opportunities. I remember when. Uh, the cast started doing the YouTube stuff and started doing, um, you know, the little sketches on YouTube. And and I was, you know, because Atheon, my boy, and, and all these cats, you know what I'm saying? And, and I saw them doing it. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'd do that. But, you know, you just need as much visibility. This is the young Omar thinking that stuff. Straight up. I was the you know, same but way. Like, yeah, you just need that. But you need that visibility. People need to know who you are. And then when it's, when it's your time to shine, you'll shine. The way King Batch doing right now. You know what I'm saying? You know, same thing that like a lot of these cats are, man. DC and all of them, DC Young Fly, you know, um, I see. But you know, these cats started out, you know, doing, you know, little videos. Atheon too, I used, man, Atheon used to do them joints. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Man, I'll tell you a funny story about me and Afe. Uh, he was the first comedian that took me on tour with him. Oh, no uh, shit. Yeah, as a stand-up comedian. So I used to feature for Atheon before I got Rush Hour. And yeah. the funny thing is I was like doing Vines at that time. And yeah. I'm t and I was thinking the same way you thinking, right? I'm in, we at Foot Locker. We in some city, maybe Baltimore or somewhere. And we at the Foot Locker, and a dude was like, hey, ain't you the dude from Vine? And instead of me thinking like, shit, I need to really fucking keep doing Vines because people know me. I had yeah. that opposite reaction. I was like, man, fuck Vine. I was like, I'm out here trying to act. I don't move to LA, and niggas know me from yeah. Vine. I don't been on MTV and shit. I'm like, man, yeah. fuck 
and I got on Vine, bro. And I and I always say that's the one regret I have in my career is I wow. did it like quadruple down on the social media because I was like yeah. going viral and all you that shit. You were going shit. viral, bro. Yeah, I remember that. You was going viral on that joint. I was thinking first time I met you, I met you with Tone, I think. Tone Bell, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I think that's the first time I ever ran into you. But I was like, yo, I said, that's that dude right there. Yeah. I, and I'd already knew who you were. And I had gotten an offer. No, I, it was between me and, and Paige to play <laughs> Your, your 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 cousin cousin on rush hour oh, on rush hour and I ain't even audition for the shit. They just called me and they were like, "Yo," and then I, and then and then my manager was like, "I think it's dude Paige Candy." So I hit up Paige. I'm like, "Yo, what's up with this?" I think I did audition for it or something like a month or two before, but I knew you were doing it, and and I was like, "Damn, okay." So Paige, I hit Paige up. I guess it was just battling back and forth. We didn't have no audition. That we had no chemistry test or nothing. <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right, shit, man. But I was like, damn, I ain't get that joint, man. I was mad about that shit. Fuck Paige Kitty. Nah, I'm fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Paige's my dude, boy. No, Paige, Paige a great dude, man. That's my cat. Well, I love that dude. We've been, we, but we have been battling against each other for like, for what? Well, we, not no more. But back, like when we first got to LA at the same time, like 18 years ago, man, we was battling. All the time against each other, man. I can see like, that. I, yeah, that's what I was, man. Like, yeah, I get one, he'll get two, and I get one. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I'm gonna tell you who my um my Achilles heel is because I, I still ain't got one over this dude, Lamorne Morris. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> and Lamorne up been on the podcast. Paige, Word. he was the first person I had on this podcast. Oh shit, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah, bro. But Lamorne, I tell, bro, it was between me and him for New Girl. Oh, damn. I know. <laughs> I know. Damn. And then it was between me and him for uh, Barbershop 3. Oh, word? Yep. <laughs> damn, bro. And you seen his new show, man? Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah I seen it. That shit, that's some other shit right there, bro. Hey, man. He, that's he, creativity. That's what I'm saying. You're doing something like that, man. Like, that's that's a different whole lane, man. I like that type of shit. But Lamar, funny dude, boy. Crazy. Cool, I love that, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, Lamar, good dude, bro. Hey, that's yeah. what I wanted to ask you. Like when you was growing, oh fuck, fuck this! I'm gonna ask a, a reckless question. Freak Nick, did you that, go to Freak Nick? And you how goddamn right, I went to Freak Nick. I want to write a whole show about Freak. No, I'm doing this. Um, I'm, I'm writing this piece, a uh, television show actually, and it's like I'm playing like I, I met the, the mayor of Atlanta. Shit, well, it was it's a drama, but I want to do a flashback to Freak Nick '94. Because we've never seen Freak Nick on, on screen before. No, we haven't. But like, for, oh, wait, I got some white listeners. I got a lot of white listeners, too. Freak yeah. Nick was a, 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 what was it, like an event? How long was it? it, it a weekend? It was, a, um, it, it, it was the Black Spring Break, basically. So, like, all the school, all the uh, HBCUs, all the black college, uh, college students, either HBCUs or not, they come down to Atlanta for, like, oh, like doing spring break for a weekend and tear the city up, boy. <laughs> tear up. I remember... Uh, Yo, you know Erica Ash? Yeah, yep. So me and Erica, this was a high school. I, I picked her up from school. That's my sister, man. That's my girl. I love her with all my heart. We picked her up from school. I said, let's go down to Freaknik. We was driving down. And we, we as soon as we uh, pulled up to downtown, because we lived, we know we lived in Decatur. So it was right down the street. We just took the back roads. Man, I seen the whole Fab Five. Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, uh, Juwan. I just seen all these six foot nine niggas. I was just like, was I? I said, oh, shit. That's the damn mom's, that's the fan five. And I was like, bro, I know I'm in the right place. We parted that whole weekend. So it was, that was just 94, 95 or something like that, man. Yeah, we, we, we used to tear that city up, man. Yeah, I want to see that. See, I came up, literally, I came to Clark when it ended. They had just stopped doing it. 
And so, yes. what, so what we did was we would go down to Daytona Beach. That's where it had kind of moved to. Yeah, yeah. And so we went to Daytona Beach, and boy, when I tell you, I seen some things. Um, Bro, it was some sh <laughs> Look, man, there's some people, grandmas on them videotapes right now. Oh, yeah, because we used to record. We used to record with these tapes. These the things, that, yes, but yeah. Oh, how low can you go? How low can you? Boy, bro, listen, I was. It's some, it's some stuff that nobody needs to see on them tapes, man. <laughs> it was wild, boy. It was wild, man. Oh, but it's the energy. It's that young energy. It, but it, it was fun, man. Yeah, man. That's what. Because my daughter just graduated from college, so I wouldn't want her to go to no damn freak Nate. <laughs> yeah, I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love. I mean, I tried to write a movie, but I was supposed to do this movie, and Fifty Cent was supposed to be executive producer on it. I was. I wrote a homecoming movie. Um, what? And uh, but I mean, it ain't it ain't go forward so far. But you know, yeah, it's out there. Yeah, yeah but, we got one of them joints too, man. We got we got one too. So we we about some old niggas coming back. Yeah, and you know what's so funny? That's what it's, hey man, get on it, because that's actually what Will Packer wanted to do. Um, he, wanted, yeah, yeah. he wanted to do his version was, because I told him about my homecoming. Mine was like the undergrad, but his, he wanted to do a homecoming about like the older cats coming back. Um, James about it. I mean, James, me and James Lopez talked about it, man. Okay. Um, about, like, about three or four months ago, I sent him, I sent him the joint, man. He was like, yeah, we, 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 we circling something like this too. So I was like, I guess everybody trying to circle that joint. Yeah, everybody trying to yeah. do a homecoming. Um, yeah. Hey, that's what I wanted to ask, man. Like, do you have any mentors in Hollywood? Um, I certainly do, man. I do. Uh, you know, Wendell Pierce. That's okay. he's my mentor, man. Sam Jackson is. You know, um, you know, uh, uh, those two guys, man. They they really give me the game. They drop they drop knowledge on me. Wendell specifically, uh, he lives in New Orleans, which is where I live at half the half the year doing Queen Sugar. But even before then, we did this movie, this horrible movie. Uh, called Bolden Together, which they recast it 35 times. But uh, so we started, that might've been like, I might've been in my 20s then. And we got made a rapport with that. Then we did Selma together. Then we did Ray Donovan together. But you know, we're real tight, man. That's my guy, man. And I I, 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 I go, you know, any, any kind of major decisions or any kind of questions that I might have, you know, I run it by him. And you know, he's, he, to me, he's one of the finest actors ever. Legend, Period, bro. point blank, man. We got a project together too, man. But um, yeah, he uh, yeah. So he's the he's the guy. Like, it's funny because I I was getting a lot of hate when I did Harriet, right? People were people were really hating me, and I wasn't really you. I wasn't used to that. I was used to people, you know, uh, you know, not really hating. But I was playing, you know, playing a damn um a bounty hunter. People calling me a sellout because I'm playing a character. Right. So I hit Sam Jackson up about it because you know we did Django together. And he was like, man, fuck them, man. You know what I'm saying? Fuck them. You did a good job in it. They said, you did your job. They supposed to hate you in that joint. I said, but they like attacking me like personally. He was like, man, they have no idea. This just made you did a great job. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I run through a lot of, those are two cats who I really run through things with. What's some uh, gems you feel like they uh, share with you that you Man, Sam must just tell you. What Sam tells me is like, man, you know, you're an actor. You need to be working. That's why I said, man, you like, you kick somebody else get a job. And I was like, nah, man, Sam Jackson don't do it, you know? So, right so he's just like, yo, you have to continue working and it's a craft, you know? It's funny because I, I was I was going to do this show on Broadway uh, about two or three years ago, right? Uh, Blues for Alabama Sky, we had to take, we had to take reading everything, it just fell through. But uh, I was doing, I was, uh, Ruben, Ruben Santiago Hudson was gonna be the director. And I think I had been doing television too long he put me to the side. He was like, "Man, you doing you you you're doing too much of that TV shit right now. You need to get you need to do do some real shit. So if you if you're not on your P's and Q's 
about your acting at all times, man. Like somebody pass you, you know. So you have to just you have to stay on it, man. That's why you always have to be working and perfecting your craft and learning different things. Like I know what you're doing, MacGyver, and you're doing uh, a rush hour. You know, you're doing the, the running and the stunts and all that type of stuff. That's a great thing to have. You know, that's a great arrow to have in your sheath. Be like, yo, I can pull that out at any given time. You yeah. know, so these are the things that you really just always have something else to bring to the table. Because you want to be the best you, you can be. Man, I'm glad you just said that because even right now, so MacGyver just ended. We did five seasons and it just yep. ended. And my reps keep sending me, like, things to audition for. And I've been passing on a lot of stuff, man, because I've just been on some, like, what do I want to do? I want to make sure, like, the next project I do, I feel like elevate my career. Yeah. Um, but what I'm gathering from you is, yo, work on the craft. Um, yeah. But so, I'll tell you this, though. Justin, I'll tell you this. Look, I'm the most picky person. There. Man, my, my agents send me stuff every day. Okay. Every day. Now, I am very particular in what I take. You can okay. tell by the, by, by the resume, you know. Uh, I look at something, and it's like, I don't know. Who's the director? Who's in the eye? Straight up. That. You know, uh, but, I mean, no, so even if it's something that's a small project, right, you know, you might not be making no, might not be making six or seven figures. You might be making about $5,000 or whatever, up $10,000 or something for a couple weeks worth of work. But if it's that good, and it'll show you in a different light than everybody knows you as, because everybody knows you as the, you know, you're, 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 you you need to do, I mean, what would be dope if you did something dangerous. Mm-hmm, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, not safe. You know what I'm saying? So that, people be like, whoa, whoa, on some red state, man, society, not not that, but like. Nah, I want I want I want to kill niggas in movies. Yeah, straight up, bro. <laughs> like, or, or do something that's just like off. Nothing that's like crazy, but just like a little bit off. That'd be dope. But you got to try to find those right projects. They out there, and you a name. If somebody has an independent film, like, oh, we can get Justin Harris to do this. Oh, sh- I didn't even think about that. That'd be dope because then you're bringing your fans to that independent project. And that that does wonders for them when they ain't got to get, like, some, you know, uh, up-and-coming dude. They can get, like, a, an established actor to, uh, to, to, to bring a little bit more weight to their project. So... I'll say, I'll say, I don't take every, to say I don't take every goddamn thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I ain't mad at him, bro. He, but he's from that old school. You know what I'm saying? Like, but because it wasn't a lot of project, it wasn't a lot of work back in the 70s and the 80s when he was starting out. Right. You know, but we come up, we, we, I came up when it wasn't a lot, but now we're living in a world where there are a lot of projects that, that are specifically for, for black folks, black men, you know? So we can, we can pick what we want to do. But like I said, sometimes, man, it's those smaller independent projects that's that 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 can really open you up and let make Hollywood make everybody see you in a whole different light. Right. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm on right now, man. I, I want to do something like that. Everything you just said, that's that's more the the I want to make sure when people see me, they like, damn, like Justin's incredible. And yo, and that's really starts to like the trajectory to kind of go up. You know, because right. I feel like Rush Hour was going up and then I did MacGyver and I was kind of like, you know, right. cruising. I was on a cruising altitude altitude. Yeah. Now it's like time to like extend up to that to that next level. Man, um, you did five years on a network show, which I was doing twenty up to twenty a year. Yeah, but then COVID happened. But we we yeah we, all together. I think we did like ninety five episodes. Bruh, <laughs> bruh, 
What part of town are you leave? Where you at? Buckhead? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> near near Buckhead. I'm like yeah. in between. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did. You did good. Now it's time for that next level too. But yeah, no, you did five strong years on a network TV show, bro. Straight so up. that's really good, man. People don't get that, man. But like you said, man, you know, you still, man, you young, dude. You can, and you look young. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you can like, man, you can just, man, the next one, the next one. You, but you do have to be specific about what you want you know what i'm saying and just think about that like well what do what's the next thing i want to do like dig man i don't i don't know if I, I, the next show i do after queen sugar i got it has to be my show straight on up some tony soprano shit on some james gandolfini tony, tony soprano shit like i had to put it on my back straight you know up what i'm saying and i need i need i need i need to you know you want to be the leader you've had that already you know what i'm saying so that's but you know, but, but you know the difference do. is what i be telling people it wasn't my show which is why it got canceled after one season. I got See, you. When you don't have creative control. You're right, 100%. You know, 100%. it's their show yeah. that you starring in. Yes. So yes. even what you saying is your show, you need to be an executive. You go be an executive producer. It's going to be your shit. My shit. Yes, exactly, man. And I learned that from the, I learned that now. I've learned it, you know, I've learned it. Like even when I was with, uh, you know, Nisi, when she was doing Claws, I remember after season one, she became a producer on the show. She was like, yo, I, if I'm going to be the face of the show, then I need to have some say so in this, you know. And I, and it, she's another mentor of mine. I'm sorry, I forgot Nisi Nash. I love but Nisi Nash, too, man. Yeah, she's a mentor of mine, man. She, she, she probably, her, she probably gives me more, more uh, game and, and, and you know, and guidance than anybody, man. So yeah, she's a big mentor of mine, you know. Um, but yeah, man, she. Uh, but I see how she is. I see how she does it. And you can't complain when you might be the you might be the face of the show but you're not the one writing it and you're not in the writer's room and you're not even, you don't have any say so in it. You know, you, there's nothing you can do about it. You are, you're a pawn, uh, you know, uh, of, of the writers. Straight up. And it is what it is. They, they, they have a story to tell. So if you're like, man, I don't know. I don't like the way my character going. Who gives a damn? No, dude, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like you a high paid pawn, you know, and, then, <laughs> and it is what it is. Yeah. Straight up, but see that that be the stuff that people don't even realize though. They don't they don't yeah. they don't see that they don't understand. They just see you on TV and everything is good, and it's like yeah. yeah, like I'm getting a check, but I'm not really doing you know what I feel like is my best work. Or I'm not really doing what's best for this character, and you know that right. that shit kind of get to you. Yeah, yeah. How have you handled? Because I know you was a part of some shows too that went one season. Yeah. So, so how did you handle? One was like a uh, rake, right? In Aquarius. Rake was one season. Yep. Rake was one. Season. Yep. How how did you handle that? Like when those shows didn't get renewed. Like what was your thought process in those moments? You know, it, it, when we were doing rake, we were shooting it, and it was while the show was on. Also, so we saw the ratings dwindling. <laughs> And I was like, uh, we got to figure something else out, man. Right up. You know, and so it's, it's, it's that type of thing. And I'll tell you, just because I've been on so many shows for like one season or for uh, a couple seasons or whatever, I'm always in the mode of like, all right, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Like Queen Sugar, we six seasons in. You know, we'll probably at least do seven, you know? So I'm not used to that. This is this is new territory to me, man. Like you, you I mean, I've put one daughter through college and I got another one about you know about to start because you know through queen sugar so it's been a whole thing man i'm oh it's been a whole lifetime almost as far as television goes um yeah you just you always have to be in that mentality but then like at this point 
you know, I get offers now, you know, so I can just pick and choose between what I want, man. Um, so I, but I haven't had, I'm not had television offers. I hadn't done them, but even on clause that I had an offer for that, but the, the, the schedule just didn't work out between that and Queen Sugar. Um, but yeah, man, you just have to know it. You, you just, but yeah, back in the days, it was really hard knowing that, man, okay, I'm making really good money right now, but this show ain't gonna last. So I know I'm a, I know in due time, I'm gonna have to find another job, you know, um, because it's an actor's dream to be on a show for five or six years. Right up. It's a dream, man. Like, you know, we, we're, we're one of the lucky ones who've done it. Like, especially nowadays with all the streaming and all different types of shows that you can get into. There's a million shows on TV. And like, it's just when Archie Bunker and the Jeffersons was on and everybody watching that one show, you know? Um, so to be able to be on a show for five or six years, you know, that's, that's, that, that's beyond your wildest dreams type stuff, man. That's what uh, we had Ernie Hudson on an episode of MacGyver uh, uh -huh. last season. Uh, Ernie Hudson and Wendy Raquel Robinson played my parents on the show. Oh, that's dope. That's, that's great casting. I know. It was phenomenal yeah. casting, bro. Um, but Ernie said that. He said, Justin, don't take this show for granted. He said, because being on a show that's five seasons, that's like lightning in a bottle. And lightning a in a bottle, yep. And people don't realize that, you know, and I used to, hey, I used to, you know, share that with, with the person that played MacGyver Lucas. I'm like, hey, bro, like, oh, no, if you realize how fortunate you are for this to be your first TV show yeah. and for it to be a show that's running this long, that shit, that shit don't happen to everybody. That does not happen, bro. It don't happen, man. It doesn't. Um, like I said, especially nowadays, man, it just doesn't, man. Like... CBS just be having them, man. For <laughs> some reason, man, those shows be going, man. Y'all be, they, they, they run some shows, man. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They, they know, know they're doing. doing. Yeah. So even, yeah. even when we got canceled, I was like, they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all still get numbers, though. That's what tripped me out when I saw that. I was like, Okay, yeah, cool. I mean, this is true. We were still number one in our time zone. I mean, our yeah. time, our time frame or whatever, our time slot. Uh, when it came to the number of viewers. The whole ratings thing is so old school. Yeah, it is. Because it's like, yo, you could literally see how many views you have on YouTube or, yeah. or TikTok or whatever the case is. You telling me they can't have legitimate amount of numbers. They're still using like one box counts for right. 10 households or some shit like that. Yeah. It's like, no, motherfucker, your cable box should be able to tell them exactly, exactly what you're watching. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. What you're but you know, the only things that, that do that is the ones that you uh, with DVR, it'll tell you then for some reason. They're like, okay, well, this amount of homes DVR that. And like YouTube, uh, not YouTube, but uh, Netflix and all of that can tell you how many times it's been streamed, but not for regular television. I don't know how many people watch Queen Sugar. I know every time I go outside the house, you know, you know, we hang out, we was at the Super Bowl uh, well, a couple years ago in Atlanta, everybody in the world knew who the hell I was. They say we don't get but damn uh, X amount of views. So I have no idea, man. Yeah, bro, it's all bullshit, bro. But Queen Sugar was on Netflix too, right? It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. So yeah. I don't know if that exactly, and that's what I realized how I was like, it's such bullshit because these CW shows, right? Yeah. If you look at the ratings, don't nobody watch these fucking shows. Right. You go to their Instagram page, every one of these actors got million, a million, two million uh, followers, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on CBS and I don't have a million Two million followers. Exactly. Like right. So it's like, what the fuck? What's going on with these ratings and viewers? Like something's off, bro. Something's like, off, man. Yeah, it is. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. 
but I think NCW also skews to a younger audience. And what they'll do is, like you said, they'll watch a clip of something, or they might catch, they might stream. Like I remember when uh, when when, when uh, Tone was on the Flash, I never watched the Flash, so I was like, I streamed the whole two seasons, and I in like four days or something like that, and I was like, oh okay, so I watched the Flash. Right. That's so you know that's what it is. Though, I heard it's so a good think, show. It is. I didn't know it was really good. Yeah. No, that's what I heard, man. This is what I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you about Queen Sugar, man. What do you think about that show? is so special man the people that watch that show they they're like it's the best show their favorite show ever one of the cast members on macgyver her name meredith eaton um that's her favorite show like yeah. period what do you think about that show and, and the subject matter that that that's just so special it's the writing man i'll tell you the truth man like man dude them writers being there killing it they kill it, man. Anthony Sparks is our showrunner. Of course, Ava DuVernay is our creator. Man, they get in there and they dig in because, you know, it's about family. And you, I don't know how many family stories you can tell, but it's always a central thing, a central theme every season. Uh, this last season that just came off, it was, we, we were shooting in February of last year and we abruptly ended because of COVID, right? So then we, when we came back, we had a whole new storyline that was about us living in COVID. Mm. My mother passes away. I can't even go to the uh, hospital to see her. She can't even have a proper funeral or any of this type of stuff. It's all these different things that we're dealing with, man. And, um, but it was like, I think that, I think that season, last, this past season of Queen Sugar was the realest on what, COVID really looked like, especially for black people. Man, I lost a lot of people in COVID. You know what I'm saying? I know people like, I didn't lose, I mean, I lost people my age, man. My boy Robert Abram, man. Um, uh, my homegirl Jermaine Cummings, man. Like, we lost people who are my age because of these pre-existing conditions. And so it was harder on us. And I wasn't tripping about, hey, I just want to go to the damn 7-Eleven. I wasn't tripping about that. I was thinking about my friends and my family, especially about my parents in particular. And this season really show that you know and it's shot so incredibly well when you watch it you can push pause and it looks like a uh uh um uh, somebody painted it you know because uh our, our dp uh antonio um he is just tremendous dude he he captures it man and the acting is is really good man it's it's, it's a hell of a show it is and you know and i know that if it was on HBO or if it was on, you know, uh, 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 Netflix, it would win all the awards, man. I know that. And it's weird that, like, we don't, you know, just because it's on OWN that, you know, we, you know, we get, we don't get that type of love. But the people who love it, people who watch it, man, they love it. I went to the, I went to Jamaica last week. And I was like, oh, damn, they got, they showing Queen Sugar. I was watching, I was watching TV, I was like, oh, they showing Queen Sugar. And, I was, when I was coming out of the, uh, you know, my, my, my room and stuff, people were just going nuts. Oh my God, they're Jamaicans. And I was like, oh, y'all y'all on the show here too? That's what's up, man. So man. yeah, man, yeah, they love it, man. What, how do you feel about when it comes to like pay for like African-American actors? Because I know that's something that I was definitely experiencing when it comes to like pay equality. Yeah. Where are you at in your career now? Do you feel like you starting to get the type of money you ought to be making, or do you feel like it's still some type of a, a struggle when it comes to you you pay, getting paid your worth, basically? Well, I mean, I don't think I'm gonna ever get paid my worth. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I mean, look, man, I ain't shit. I ain't crying. You know what I'm saying? Right. But the thing about it also is that 
I know how much producers make. I know how much, you know, uh, 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 creators make. So therefore, that's the lane that I'm going to get in. So instead of me crying over spilled milk, I'll get into that lane. Look, man, as an actor, I'm probably, I mean, you know, this shit. Make a lot of money. I ain't gonna even front. You know what I'm saying? I've been on fucking same show for six goddamn years. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm on a damn, I'm on a billion dollar franchise. I'm in Halloween. You know what I'm saying? Right. I can't trip. Right. You know, but like I know, I know where that bread is. You know what I'm saying? I got a dope crib. It ain't better than Todd Phillips' crib. It ain't better than Ava's crib. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, oh, you got, you got a glass house. That's what's up. I got a literal glass house. You know Ooh, what I'm saying? Which one? Which one? Who got it? I ain't gonna even say. I ain't gonna even say, man. But I'm just saying, like, so I just know, like, the, the, the next. Uh, I just wanted to stand outside the house with a rock. Just <laughs> <laughs> start throwing it. You fuck! I'm hating. <laughs> All right. No, but like, so I just know that. But that's the next chapter in, in both of our lives. In both of ours, like, to create the content. Right you know, when you create the content that we don't even have to be in. We don't even have to be in, like, man, I, I, I look at Array, that's Ava's company. They got eight TV shows right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's real, that's real bread, man. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, that's the type of thing. I told Ava already, I said, man, I, I said, Ava, you are who I want to be when I grow up. I said, the things that you do and the, thing, the things she does for the culture, the things that, 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 that she's done um, just professionally ever since Selma, I mean, her first studio film was Selma. That was seven years ago, man. You know what I'm saying? The woman that's that's it, huh? That's it was seven, only seven years ago. Seven, eight, maybe it was uh yeah, 15. 15, 2015. You know what I'm saying? We tried to 2015. Incredible. And it's movie. Like, incredible, man. It's her first studio film. And then those six years, man, she's made, I mean, she's done, you know, some of the great she did the 13th. She's did when they see us. You know what I'm saying? She's done some of the dopest things. And she got all these TV shows right now. You know what I'm saying? Queen Sugar was her first. But like, she has all these TV shows, man. So I like this is, I see what you're doing, man. And she has a respect in the industry and people know what time it is when you're dealing with her, man. So that's the next thing that I, that, that I, I like, that's what I want right there. I, I, I don't want, I'd rather be the Mac in the back than the chump in the front. Hey. You ain't gotta put me on camera no more. I'm cool, <laughs> I don't have it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me be in that boardroom meet. Let me be in making these decisions, playing chess, man. Yeah. Bro, when I tell you, I feel you. This is what I was just telling somebody. I said, what I learned about doing MacGyver is that I really, 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 really like acting. But I don't know if I love acting the way I thought I did. Because, mm -hmm. and I say that only because it's like, I love stand-up comedy. I mm -hmm. love doing music. I love doing podcasts. I'm like, I'm able to just say and do whatever I want to do. And I'm yeah. not working on like no crazy time schedule. It, and it really comes to like, when you have to wake up five o'clock in the morning every day, you know, when you got to shoot outside in the wintertime at like the weather normal. <laughs> With short sleeves on? With short sleeves on. I'm catching pneumonia out here. You'll get this shot though. Yeah. So <laughs> when, when all that shit started happening, I was like, ah, I'm going to have to, that's when I was like, I really got to get into doing like shit that I really, I got to act in studios. You know, I got right, right, to right. have a set, you know, right. I got to really make sure like, it's almost how like Adam Sandler, write all his movies for Hawaii, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and cast all his homeboys. And, and cast all his homeboys. Man, that's that's the goal, man. I wanted to ask you this question, because you've been in Harry and you've been in Selma. Mm. Is there any point where, I don't wanna say get tired, 
but how how do you feel about the the movies? Do you feel like they need to be told, or is there any type of getting tired of seeing like black people in the past, like how things used to be? You know what? I would I, that's if it's told with a nuance, and I get it. Uh, man, I don't look, man. Fuck, I'm tired of. Tr- I've been in some damn slave movies. I was in, in Django. Django. I forgot about Django. I was yeah, in Django. I was in Harriet, and you know, and I was in When They See Us, and, and I was in Selma. I was in these movies that told the past, that stories that needed to be told. They needed to be told. But goddamn, I'm sort of tired of black trauma. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, oh, it's I, hard oh, for I me know. To watch these black. It's hard for me to watch my brothers and sisters get killed by the cops. This shit is inside. This shit gets to you sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like the story has to be told. But I'm getting to the point where it's like, I ain't got to be the one to tell it no more, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I do want to do some futuristic shit. It's crazy because I watched Lovecraft Country, right? And it was a blend of both, right? You had the stuff, you know, black people moving to the suburbs of Chicago right before redlining and all of that. But it had this this, this, this science fiction um, vein to it and this mysticism about it. So I was like, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I haven't seen Underground Railroad yet, but I hear it's almost like that too, you know? Um, but man, the stuff I want to do, man, I tell some stories from the 50s and 60s. But race, I mean, I understand race is always a backdrop of America. America is, it's what it is. But I don't really just, it doesn't have to be that. I want to talk about a black man raising his family in Harlem, you know, whatever, you know, then during the Renaissance or, or however it is. Or talk about some shit about a black man living on the moon. You know what I'm saying? I want you to do everything, everything. And this doesn't, oh, just have conversations you know, it's funny. I was with my boys last night, man. We were, you know, a bunch of 40-something-year-old dudes over here watching the game. And, man, uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, I'm over here with my glasses trying to read something like this. <laughs> and we're talking about some old shit. And it's just like, yo, this is a scene. Just black man just talking about something other than the white man. Because why don't we talk about white folks? Straight I don't, up. you know what I'm saying? I don't. That's, it's not a big part of my life. You know what I'm saying? But, like, so I don't want everything that we do to always think that, you know, that's a major thing that we're always thinking about. It's not, man. You know, I want to, and I really want to reflect. I want to reflect the shit that we do. When me and you hang out, you know, like, we be doing some fly shit. It be fun stuff, though. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, those are the type of stories I want to tell. Like, you know, we talking about a homecoming movie or whatever, or anything like that, man. Like, that's fun stuff. So, yeah, we, I mean, I'm not mad at people telling the history. I'm not mad at it. I just don't think I have to be the one to do it no more, man. It's funny, my, my agent sent me a script, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, I looked at it, man, and I was just like, I've done two slave movies. I, I don't need to do another one, man. So I've done two, man. It's cool, man. I don't want to be the slave movie actor. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be the period piece actor. You know what I'm saying, man? <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, it's cool. It's fine. You know, it's like, it's an Oscar trail. You know, you're, you're, you're on the track for the Oscar, but it's like, man, let's do something else, man. And tell yeah. other stories. You know, like, one of my favorite uh, movies is Talk To Me, right? The Don Cheeto. When we play uh, PD, uh, Petey Green, was it Petey Green? Petey Green, Petey Green. Like, I love that movie. That's just like, it's a black story. It's just a story, though. It's an American story. It's a human story, you know? So I I like stories like that, too, you know? Shout out to Casey Lemon. Yeah, Yeah, man. Nah, yeah, that's that's just the thought I was having, man. And and before we get out, man, I want to, I want to, um, kind of do like a rapid fire because you done did so many movies, but I want to, I want to just you to touch on some of these projects real quick. Road trip. That was that. You know, that was your first yeah. movie too, right? My first movie. I was still in college, man. How, Boy, how that you, was so much fun. Yeah. Man. How'd you get that? And how was it working with uh, Ty Phillips on that? Yo, I um, I auditioned for that joint. I was still in college, man. And they, they asked 
Uh, I think they asked the theater program or something. They, they got any uh, uh, football players who can have it. Like, yeah, Omar Dorsey, yeah, he's, he's one of the actors, you know. So, uh, so I auditioned for it, ended up getting a role, the first role I ever did, and it's a cult classic. I thought my whole career was going to be like that. Little did I know. <laughs> But hey, man, let me tell you something about your career, bro. You yeah. have been a part of several classics. Yeah, straight up, yeah. yeah. Several. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like they, yeah, that's real. They, they say you've been in the movie, you know, yeah. and I and I haven't done much, but I do feel like I've been a part of two. I was in Stomp the Yard, and I was in 21 yeah. Up Street. And I feel like yeah. both of those kind of hold some type of weight in the Straight movie. up, straight up, yeah. But yo, your catalog and resume, bro. It's a blessing, man. Straight up, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, you know. And how was Todd Phillips? How was working with Todd? I love Todd, man. Yo, Todd put me in my first, uh, my first movie ever. Todd put me in my first movie that I got when I got to LA, Starscan Hutch. Then he put me in the next movie I got, A School for Scoundrels. And he tried to put me in The Hangover. I couldn't do it because I was doing a Lifetime movie. And so he wrote me. He wrote me in the movie. Uh, Mike Tyson and, and the other dude was like, "Yo, uh, yeah, you know what happened to Omar." He said, yeah, what happened to Omar? I told my like, we don't want to talk about Omar. He was, they wrote that about me. That's and I was crazy. Like, yeah, man. Because Ty, he said, he said you, he was like, you still in the movie. He said, you still in the movie. He said, but, you know, you'll see when you watch it. So I was like, yeah, I love Todd Phillips, man. You know, that dude, he gets, he gets every kudos that he deserves, man. Like, and he, it's great that he went from doing crazy, uh, crazy comedies, you know, to doing, you know, the Joker. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like that, he directed the Joker, dude. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, he's he's the man to me. What did you learn about comedy working on Starsky and Hutch? Uh, that uh, a lot of improv. You know, Ben Stiller. Uh, ben Stiller was playing straight so hard that it was so funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, was, you know, he was just so straight and just every us all this. But he is. I think he was really trying to act. <laughs> but it was so goddamn funny, man. Like, he was serious about it. I was like, yo, I didn't know if it was genius or he couldn't act. But it was so goddamn good, man. He's, I didn't know what it was. But I was like, yo, he really doing it, man. But, you know, it was really cool working with him and Owen. Uh, Owen Wilson, man. Those dudes are like, they, they're sort of magic together. Yeah, no, nah, I heard I heard Ben Stiller could be like a serious cat though. Also. Yo, he's so fucking serious. It's he's so serious, and the material wasn't serious at all. But he was taking the shit like he was goddamn Orson Welles or goddamn. <laughs> I was like, nigga, you acting like Marlon Brando in this bitch, bro. This is a guy. This is Starsky Hutch. It's a goddamn <laughs> remake of Starsky Hutch. It ain't right. Calm yeah. down. We ain't, <laughs> we ain't doing chariots of fire out of this bitch. What are you doing, bro? Like. <laughs> But he's yeah. a cool dude. He wrote me. He, he brought a hand. He, he sent me a handwritten note after we rap, man. It was uh, real cool. It's funny because me and Snoop still be. I mean, Snoop is in Atlanta right now. Man, we need to holler at Snoop while we're here. Oh he hell Atlanta, yeah! In Atlanta right now, I need to holler. At him. He doing a movie out here, but we still be talking and shit about like because he come up to me and just started saying my because I had I, I had all these genius lines. I was the Black Panther, but I was a genius, so right. I knew everything. So Snoop be like, man, he come up and start just spitting lines to me, and I just. Like, man, we just start saying the lines together. This shit, that shit was dope. I learned one thing. Ain't none of them niggas bigger than Snoop. Most famous person, bro. Most famous person I've ever met in my life. Period. More famous than DiCaprio. This motherfucker is the most famous person I ever met in my life. And remembers everybody. I love that dude, man. Damn. You know, I remember I was, I was talking, uh, I was watching a podcast or interview or something like that, and they were saying, even to this day, there was like, Snoop Dogg is more known than Jay-Z. Yes, yeah, by far, by far. Yeah. Snoop, man, dude, I'm telling you, I, 
I'd never seen anything like it because I was like, okay, it's, it's, it's uh, being that Owens movie. When Snoop was there, it was his movie. That's crazy. I was like, wow. It, 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 I was, and I was in the, I was in the trailer with him, blazing up. <laughs> Shout out to Snoop. <laughs> well, you can't do no, we can't be in no movie without with Snoop without blazing one shot. But yeah, I would rather have sunglasses on in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and what? Django, I got to talk about Django. How was it working with Quentin Tarantino? Yo, man, that dude is, he's so much fun, man. He's so much fun. It's, it was such a sensitive movie that, you know, he had to make sure that, like, you know, the black people who planned the slaves, he was like, yo, we're going to make y'all feel comfortable. It's just, you just doing it on camera. We, you know, cut, whatever, bro. Don't bring none of that. You know, we ain't bringing none of that energy or any of that stuff, man. But he's just such a, he loves making films. He loves movies so much. And he makes making films an enjoyable experience. You know, we'll have a, 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 a martini. When it's martini shot, when it's martini shot, martini's the last shot of the day for people, you know, we know, but it's the last shot of the day. He'll bring out martinis for everybody to drink. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Like, he'll just, he just has so much fun. And it's like, I think that might have been the last movie I shot on film. Wow. And he shoots on film, man. So he has canisters. It's funny when I first started out. We always see the cameras reloading with, you know, the canisters. That was the last movie I shot that was done on film, man. And after every hundredth uh, can, you know, we'd take a shot after that, man. He just has a real, but the thing about it is he doesn't like any technology on his set. If you bring a phone, if you bring an iPod or anything, he mess around and fire you, man. I remember the last day we were shooting. We shot in New Orleans for like four or five months, and then we came back to uh, L.A. to shoot. Uh, the stuff in the cage, the men, um, Evan and Sammy, were in the cage. And he, uh, I think I brought my iPod with me. By my iPod, that's how long ago it was. It was an iPod. I brought it with me. And I was just uh, listening to music. And Quinn was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, what? He said, what the fuck, did you bring your phone here? I said, no, no, I'm listening to some music. He just looked at me, he's like, Omar, you know what, man? If this wasn't the last day, man, you just, you just don't know, you don't know. I was like, damn, you really real about this, like, no iPod stuff, man. Damn. But he, he's serious about it, man, because he wants everybody focused. He wants you focused, man. I ain't mad at that, you know? Do he let you have sides? Anybody don't know, that's like the script, the lines you're supposed to say. Uh, do he let you have sides on script? No. I mean, on set? No. No, no, no. Because he, you know what, the thing about it is, he always hires the greatest actors in the world. You know what I'm saying? So he, he automatically, because what it is about a Quentin script, it's written. And it's written a year before you shoot. So you have all that time to learn your lines. You know, <laughs> it's like, you ain't learn your lines. It ain't like television, you know, television, they give you a new page. Here you go, this is a new page you just wrote 15 minutes ago, this, that, and the other. No, he has the script. It's a locked script. And it is what it is, man. He, he, he does so many takes. He does so many takes man uh but that's why his movies are, are what they are man right they're the now. best they're, they're the best in the world he's the best he's the best he, he me he my he's, he's my favorite filmmaker his films are my favorite I, i'm gonna have to agree with you i think overall when you go to like consistency yep and quality i would have to say that his movies are probably the best uh yeah. overall yeah, yeah i mean it was only one movie that was like but even I like that one, dude. When he did that, the, the, it was the two films back to back. His movie was oh, Death Proof. Yeah, yeah. Death Proof. Yeah, yeah. His movie yeah. was good though. I, I like it. It was good with the yeah. girls whooping ass. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 
Hey man, I mean, I could I could talk to your ass for hours, bro. What, what do you want to see yourself accomplishing, like in the next five to ten years? What do you want to be like? Yeah, this what this what Omar Dorsey did. I want to win Best Picture at the Oscar for producing the best movie that year. Fire. Dead ass, man. Yeah. All right, it's gonna happen. I ain't got to be in. I can have you and damn Lakeith and and Tone have all y'all in the movie. I'm just back there like, yo, I put this film together. I found the actors. I found the director. I found the script, and you know, I put it together. That's what I want. Whew. Hey, man, I'm available. You know. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Right. I just want to say, bro, you a king. I appreciate you, man. Thank, yeah, thank you for you, doing this. Like I said, I, I did this because I want to celebrate people I consider uh, urban legends, uh, living legends, people making legendary moves in their career, bro. Um, and yeah, man, that that's you, man. So I just wanted to kiss thank you. you. Number continue success. Keep doing your thing, man. I can't wait for you to win that Oscar. You know what I'm yes, saying? Sir. You go, yes, it's going to happen. I hope to be yeah. in the movie with you. You know yes, what I'm sir. saying? <laughs> but yes, yeah, sir, but keep, keep doing your thing, King. All right, Justin. All right, bro. I'm around, man. So just call me, man. I'm around, man. I'm around. We, we wrapped Queen Sugar. Two days ago, so I'm back in the city, man. Straight up, man. And I think Lamorne coming into town. Saturday. Yeah, Lamorne coming. Cause I think they doing woke out here, right? Yeah, I think. Oh, okay. That's why he gonna be out here. Okay. Yeah. Shit. And then um, uh, just talked to Omar Good, and he just he in town. A lot of people in town, Snoop in town, so we all get together, do whatever, man. For sure, bro. I hit you up, bro. All right, bro. Peace. No, I ain't no Jay Z. But you still get a J. Shooting at niggas like that nigga Clay. Invested in myself and doubled up my pay.